Rack's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. This year, a new protocol has been in development aimed at supporting information sharing between the college and hospitals. Instrumental in its evolution is the college's censor-in-chief, Dr Adrian Anthony. He says the new information sharing protocol is about supporting patient safety through a culture of respect. Chris Ashmore asks Adrian how that's achieved. We do that by exercising our duty of care to our trainees and also to our specialist international medical graduates who are on a pathway to fellowship. And we're trying to provide them with a safe training and also working environment. And I'm talking about psychologically and physically safe environments so that they can actually work to their best abilities. So it's really about fostering a culture of respect. More specifically, the information sharing protocol does aim to solve one of the problems that had been identified by the expert advisory group into bullying and harassment that was set up some six years ago. And the problem that they identified was that there was really a total lack of information sharing between colleges and employers. I guess I'm talking about hospitals where our training and working posts are. And these are about information that relate to complaints, more about professional behaviours. So the protocol seeks to address this particular deficiency. It sets out very clear thresholds for sharing information between the college and the hospital. And it's really in regard to concerns relating to behaviours that occur in the training and working environment. And what exactly is the information sharing protocol? Okay, so firstly, I should reassure people that the protocol as it regards information, does comply with the college's privacy policy and also reflects principles of procedural fairness. The protocol sets out structured ways of sharing information by setting very clear thresholds about information that needs to be shared. So it's about what information and when that information can be shared. It also sets out protocols about who needs to have access to that information, how it's accessed and also how it is stored. And as I said before, it's undertaken in line with our privacy provision and also procedural fairness. Now, if I was to drill down exactly when information is shared, well, I would say that it will definitely be shared between a hospital and the college where a formal review has occurred sometimes by third party employed by the hospital, and when there have been substantiated findings about a surgeon's behaviour. And this usually occurs after some formal complaint has been made. In addition to that, information may be shared if a formal complaint has been made, but where no formal findings have been received or reached, or in fact where formal findings are yet to be determined. In addition to that, Information may be shared if there are repeated allegations made about a particular individual surgeon, even though there may not have been any formal complaint. So it's really there to cover those types of behaviours where at one end of the scale they are egregious and require formal reporting and perhaps a finding has been reached, right down to repetitive behaviours 
where no formal complaint has been made, but nonetheless they are of a nature that would actually disrupt a training environment. And what's the purpose of it? Well, as I said before, the EAG or the Expert Advisory Group did identify this lack of information sharing process. So the clear purpose of this is to help address that by providing a framework whereby hospitals in the college can actually exchange information. And prior to that, because we didn't have that information, as a college, we were really prevented from dealing with complaints or even dealing with reports about inappropriate behaviour that were impacting adversely on the performance of our trainees and SIMGs. But now, if we have that ability to have that information, we have the ability to then influence an improvement in the work and training environment. And we would do that coordinating our efforts with the college, but also working with the respective training board. And when does the protocol take effect, Adrian? Well, the protocol has been developed now for a few months now, and we've been testing it, if you like, but it really takes effect as of next year, January 2022. And we're trying to link it to training posts who undergo accreditation or re-accreditation. And in that respect, the hospital training post accreditation standards have been updated to reflect the responsibility for information sharing between the college and the respective accredited training posts. And what does it mean for members of the college? In other words, who's affected by this and what do individual surgeons need to do differently? Mm. So that's a good question and I think it certainly applies to every surgeon, trainee and SIMG working in accredited training posts who have contact with accredited training posts. But in terms of what individuals will need to do differently, I'm pleased to say that the vast majority of us, nothing will actually need to change because we already know that the majority of surgeons actually behave in a very respectful way. It's really only a small percentage of surgeons and their behaviours that are really in question here. So surgeons who are working in accredited training posts will be subject to this information sharing protocol. If there are behaviours of theirs which are perceived to be of a nature that is discriminatory or harassing in nature, then that information uh, will be shared between the hospital and the college. For the individual trainees and SIMGs and fellows, they don't really need to do anything to enact this protocol other than if they do experience that type of behaviour, then we would strongly encourage them to actually report it either to the hospital or directly to the college. The whole idea of the protocol is that whether it's reported to the hospital or to the college, both parties will end up knowing that bit of information and both parties will work to address the concerns raised. Why did the college develop the protocol? Well, mainly because there was this lack of a structured process for sharing this type of information about our behaviours. So it really was to address that. And the consequence of not having that information sharing protocol was that we were not able to influence positive change in our training environment. And therefore, we've now not only implemented this exchange of information, 
but we've also reflected it in the accreditation standards. So it becomes a responsibility with responsibility of the hospital to exchange this information, but also responsibility of the college to actually support positive change in a training post where there are concerns about the culture of respect. How will it improve training? Fundamentally, all of us have a responsibility to provide a safe training environment. We have been very deliberate in being careful and methodical about developing the protocol to make sure that it is feasible, that it complies with privacy requirements, and that procedural fairness is actually uh, part of the framework of managing that information. So at the end of the day, the information protocol is another significant tool in how we support the accredited posts in being able to train our trainees and also for those posts approved for Pathways Fellowship for our SIMGs to actually work and assimilate into our healthcare environment. What impact do you expect it to have on patient care? Well, there's very consistent evidence that disrespectful behaviour in medicine and in surgery undermines patient safety. So if we address that particular issue of culture and improve respectful behaviours in our work environment, that actually has been shown to improve the quality of patient care and heighten or enhance patient safety. And fundamentally, disrespectful behaviour undermines the ability of individuals and teams to perform to their best. And if that's the case, then they're not performing to the best of their ability to care for patients. And that's where patient safety is undermined. So ultimately, the impact is to improve the quality and safety of patient care. But of course, to do that, we are working through the training environment. And so we would also see that there would be significant benefits in enhancing how learning occurs in the work and training environment and also how individual performances and team performances actually improve by being able to work in a culture where there's high levels of psychological and physical safety and also trust and respect. So how does it fit with RAX's wider work to build respect in surgery? Sure. So the information sharing protocol is just one element of a large number of activities that the college has implemented under its strategic response to building uh, respect in surgery. So it dovetails with our code of conduct. Primarily information sharing is about sharing concerns around potential breaches in the code of conduct. All our surgeons sign up to upholding our code of conduct. The protocol also dovetails with our work with strengthening the hospital training post accreditation standards, particularly around the standard of ensuring an appropriate learning environment through the culture of practice. And it also dovetails very well with the way that we've gone about trying to equip our surgeons with the skills to be able to maintain respectful behaviours and that's through our Operating with Respect program. So it's one element of a strategic response, if you like. Of course, the great 
majority of our surgeons actually support this type of activity and they're rightly proud that the college has taken the lead in this area. And the college is well recognised now within Australia and also Aotearoa, New Zealand for being a leader in this area, but also globally amongst other surgical colleges that we've actually not only acknowledged that there's a concern and a problem to be addressed, but also taken significant practical steps towards making the changes necessary in our culture of practice. That's terrific. Now, how has the college taken into account any possible privacy concerns that people may have? Hmm. So I've mentioned already that the college has ensured that this particular protocol complies with privacy legislation and policies, and the college certainly has very serious responsibilities ensuring that any information we have is managed in a confidential way that maintains privacy that is compliant with the legislation across all jurisdictions that it operates in, and that is right across all the states and territories of Australia and also within Aotearoa New Zealand. So it does play due regard to procedural fairness in managing complaints and managing that information. And all of these documents relating to policy, privacy policy, procedural fairness, they are all linked to the protocol and the protocol can be found on the college website. And finally, Adrian, how can people find out more information about the protocol? Sure. So the college has a website, surgeons.org.au, and on that website, if they go to the portal that is listed as About Respect, they will find a whole raft of resources and information, and within that will be the information sharing protocol. Dr. Adrian Anthony, and the link to that protocol is available in this episode's show notes. RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.